Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And good morning, everybody. Welcome in another Saturday with some fun baseball talk with you, the Chicago baseball fan. This is Inside the Clubhouse, a spring training preview. Yes, the weather seems spring-like this week, and it's time to head on down to Arizona with the Cubs and the White Sox. Alongside Bruce Levine, I'm Mike Esposito, and for David Haw today. And Bruce, it's that time of year. Almost time to head south and west. It really is. It's It's been a Bellinger offseason. Uh, every week we've talked about where Bellinger is going, if it's the Cubs or somewhere else. He is not signed yet. Scott Boros has Chapman, Martinez, Bellinger. They, he has two pitchers that, of note that are not out, that are not signed yet. So a lot of work to still be done out there. White Sox continue to make there are small moves that could be big moves down the road, bringing in a couple of young outfielders to add to the mix. We'll talk to you, the Cubs and Sox fans, all about it at 312-644-6767. That's right. Spring training starts Wednesday, Mike, and uh, I'm pretty excited about the fact that there will be baseball to report and we'll be uh, out there uh, talking about that on the Marquee Network, on the score uh, reporters will be starting to show up on Monday. So it's an exciting time of year for sure. Absolutely. And, and still work to do. As, as you mentioned, Scott Boris still has uh, a few of his heavy uh, hitters out there and pitchers. And uh, we want to know from you, both sides of town, Cubs and Sox, uh, what's still out there that you'd like. And I know the, the obvious one that you Bruce, as we started the show with, and as we have talked about, Uh, Just about every week on the show, the saga of the free agency of Cody Bellinger. But uh, we want to talk to our listeners at 312-644-6767. What's incomplete on your team and who else do you want to add uh, of the guys that are still out there? The Scott Boris clients, uh, the notables, but there are still plenty of others out there and it's also Bruce and you know this is almost seems like old news because it happened at the very beginning of the offseason but it's Craig Council's first camp as a Chicago Cub 
Yeah, it, it's it's noteworthy, and it, and it's something we'll be uh, watching where the players uh, have to get used to Craig Council. Craig Council has to get used to a whole new organization. He started that uh, at the end of November when he uh, took the job and started to come into Wrigley Field on a weekly basis looking at uh, the organization, getting to know the people in the front office and uh, all around the, the Cubs, uh, some of the different people that are involved with the Cubs, uh, you know, all the different departments. So uh, it's a big job and, and it's a big storyline because uh, as Cub fans continue to ask, uh, with, with the only signing of uh, Imanaga as the, the only notable free agent for the Cubs, um, did you bring in counsel to manage like he did in Milwaukee where they don't spend a lot of money or are they going to continue to go out and spend money in free agency? Those are the things that you hear from Cub fans on a, a regular basis. Uh, we'll, we'll try to fill in the blanks for you as Mike and I go along today from 9 to 11 a.m. And we do have a great show for you. One of the guys the Cubs did get, this guy in a trade, Michael Bush, will join us. The Cubs' new first baseman uh, will join us at 10. Paul DeYoung of the White Sox, their new shortstop, he will join us. Uh, he's our first guest at 9.30, bottom of the hour. And our old pal George Offman will join us at 10.30. Uh, his book is Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. George will join us to talk about that and more as we get going. So a great show for you. And Bruce, uh, leading to Michael Bush, as we were talking about the Cubs and Bellinger, you know, the the idea is that Belly can play first and center as he did last year. But without Belly, he put it put it this way. Having Bellinger makes things a heck of a lot easier for Craig Council. Oh, no doubt about it. Look, uh, he's he's an all star player. He was he, he put up huge numbers, even though he missed 30 days last year. He put up all-star numbers as comeback player of the year in the National League. Uh, you know, we, we, we talked about it many times, uh, a uh, gold glove candidate in center or at first base, a good base runner, a great team guy. Everything you want, all, you, all he doesn't have right now is a contract with the Cubs. Uh, everybody, the Cubs want yeah. him. He wants to be there. Scott Boris would like to get him uh, to a team that will pay him. Uh, you know, seven or eight years, that doesn't seem to be out there in the marketplace at this point, and uh, there seems to be disruption. One thing about Scott Boris you have to remember, he's got these great players out there, but he is not going to panic. Uh, he is not going to allow them to go back and just take any deal just because spring training is starting. That is not a part of what Boris has done over the past 35 years, being one of the top agents in the game. Whether you like him or not, he is certainly a very impactful guy with impactful players. That's just the way it is. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And the phones are jammed with people wanting to talk Chicago baseball as we head into spring training. We start out in Glencoe. Mike joins us to talk White Sox. Morning, Mike. Good morning, fellas. I got to give Chris Getz a lot of credit for putting together a pretty interesting roster under what I'm sure is a totally shoestring budget. And as a Sox fan, I'm personally looking forward to Willie Mays Hayes reporting to camp sometime soon, the way we're going. <laughs> but, but seriously, I can't escape the feeling, guys, that this roster of young players and, and players on the fringe is much more suited to Ricky Renneria's talents and personality than Pedro Grafol, who was hired to manage a completely different team. 
Am I being unfair to Mr. Griffo? Can he can he relate to this interesting mix of ball players? Well, look, Mike, Mike and Espo, Pedro has a lot to prove. Okay, I mean, it, it, he he was brought in to uh, manage, as you said, uh, Mike, uh, a team that was supposed to win, contend for playoffs. You know, be a ninety-plus type win season. It didn't happen. Uh, the, the 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 rest now is is on him to show that he can handle young players, and he did a lot of that as a, a coach with the Kansas City Royals for a, a long period of time, and a and a guy that was in their minor league system in player development as well. So I, I think he's up to the task. We'll have to see again. Uh, does he have any type of good feeling from the White Sox fans at this point? No, it's, you know, it's an incomplete. You know, you didn't get an A, B, C, D, F. What you got is an incomplete. So he has plenty to prove to uh, White Sox Nation, and it's not going to be easy with a uh, team full of guys that are in the developmental stages. Yeah, no question. And, and if you had uh, asked Chicago baseball fans prior to the end of last season, which manager would not be back this year, I think the – Heavy money would have been on Griffol and not Ross, and yet here we are, and Griffol is still managing the White Sox, and Craig Council, the new uh, Cubs manager, heading into training camp. So uh, pressure definitely on Pedro Griffol. 312-644-6767 is the number. Uh, Jack is up next. He's in Hillside, and he's on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I'm interested, like everyone, uh, trying to think along with our two general managers. And I want to agree with uh, your last caller that uh, I like what Chris Getz has done so far at the White Sox roster. Um, but the other issue is I think things have changed a lot recently for the Cubs trying to think along with Hoyer and, and these two deals that, well, the one deal for the first baseman and then the sudden emergence of Matt Shaw at third base tells me, you know, they were no longer interested in picking up Matt Chapman. They, they no longer need Bellinger as a first baseman, so he's somewhat devalued to the Cubs. And I, I'm, I'm beginning to think maybe they don't want to sign Bellinger because they've got, you know, three outfielders knocking on the door, MLB top 100 guys, plus right. two quarter outfields. Do they really need him? And with Craig Council, can you get by, uh, you know, substituting? You've got a variety of guys, Master Boney, Wisdom, the youngsters – Somebody else may play center. What, what do you think it's possible they're going to pass on Bellinger? Yeah, you know, I do. Mike, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I look at it this way. Um, if you, uh, in a division that seems to be up for grabs, the, the National League Central, uh, if you go out and you get a Bellinger, you kind of feel more confident about the fact that they're going to have middle-of-the-order production. Right now, there, there's no confidence uh, in Michael Bush, who we'll talk to at 10 o'clock, because nobody knows him, and he only has his uh, MVP season and PCL to show for what he might bring to the table here uh, in the middle of the order. And then you have you have um, PCA in center field, who has a lot to prove, and is he ready yet offensively to play in the major leagues? Uh, those are two areas that you can go and feel good about the fact that these are very talented guys. But, Mike, uh, do you feel good enough that you have a number three and a number four guy in your lineup to have a run production to hit 800 to 850 runs like they did last year? 
I do not feel good enough, Bruce, and I think we saw this uh, firsthand last year when Bellinger was in the lineup versus when Bellinger was not. Uh, What I think is happening is what we've kind of been talking about for a number of months, and, you know, Scott Boris, as we have talked to directly and indirectly, uh, you know, he's going to hold out uh, his clients for the most years and the most money trying to maximize their earnings. The Cubs, from, from everything I understand, are holding firm at what the level they think uh, that Bellinger deal should be. And if they can get him back on that, I think that's what ideally everyone would want. I mean, Belly would like more money, I'm sure. But the Cubs want want a shorter term and probably less dollars than what Scott Boris is asking for. Well, you know, th- there has to be a lot of moving parts. That, and we'll sure. eventually will come out whether he signs with the Cubs or not, I believe. And that is... The moving parts for Bellinger, if he's not getting the seventh and eighth year, maybe not even the sixth, um, does he get to walk from this contract after one or two years? You know, will the Cubs uh, give in? It doesn't make sense for the Cubs to sign him for a one-year deal with, you know, options for him to walk, okay? It, it, it really doesn't. But at the same time, if you think along with Hoyer and um, – the rest of the front office, you know, they have outfielders coming. I mean, another yeah. year or another two years of Bellinger would be great. You know, you, maybe you could win a division, go deep into the playoffs, um, not be committed. But he's still a young player. He's, he's going into the season at 28. So is he somebody that you trust you can build around, or do you feel you have the cachet of young outfielders coming and you don't need to tie yourself up for six or seven years with Bellinger. That, to me, is, I think, the rub. And, and our caller, Jack, in Hillside uh, pointed out correctly that a lot of the Cubs' best prospects are outfielders. You also have the, the Scott Boris factor in there with you know the years and the dollars. Yeah. I don't necessarily yeah. oppose no, the, the, the – go ahead, Bruce. Yeah, the one difference I'll, I'll talk about is they have outfielders. But we don't know what that production is going to be. Okay, sure. we haven't we have an idea what the production would be from Hap. We have an idea what the production will be from Suzuki. Although, if, if you go by the last two months, you don't know. I mean, he could be an All Star and hitting 30 yep. home runs and driving 100. We don't know that. But the the comfortability on on Bellinger is, yeah, he had two really bad years before this, but before that, he was a Rookie of the Year and a, and a MVP. He yep. showed you what he could do in five months. Uh, can you imagine what he can do in six? So there, there's the unknown. You can talk yourself into a lot of different things, Mike. But when you're uh, spending 150 to to 175 million dollars on a player, you want to be right. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. That is our text. That is also where you call us up. And as you mentioned too, Bruce, in the Pakota projections out this week. The NL Central, very winnable. I believe it was 85 games wins projection for St. Louis. The Cubs were at 80 point something, 81, somewhere in there. So add a belly into that mix, and it's going to be very similar to last year in a very competitive NL Central division. Yeah, and, and look, uh, Pocota's right many times, wrong many times. Sure. The, 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 the reality is they, they had them, the White Sox pretty low last year. Uh, surprising a lot of people, and they didn't go low enough. You know, no, yeah. nobody had them at 60, 61 wins. So right. um, I, I would just say this, that um, 
the both both divisions are going to be very competitive. I don't think anybody expects the White Sox to compete for that title there. But you know what what teams really scare you there? I think Detroit has certainly taken an an uptick, and a lot of people are are thinking that they're an 85 win team at this point. Minnesota has done very little in this off season here. They were a, a decent team and won the division uh, last year. Kansas City, you know, just same as the White Sox. You know, they're 100 losses. They, they've got a, a long way to go. And Cleveland, you know, has not stepped up and added much to what is a, a good young pitching group, but uh, not much more at this point. I, I would say both divisions, both centrals are wide open. Absolutely. Out to the phones we go again. Paul is in Valparaiso, and Paul joins us now on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, fellas. Love the show. Can't wait to hear Thank George Hoffman. That's great uh, Great to hear him back on the radio later today. But, uh, you know, um, guys, I, Bruce, and I know you're a proponent of the open market, and I know you're a big proponent of Scott Boris, but I sometimes I think, you know, too bad Theo left Major League Baseball. There's got to be some rules put in on Scott Boris because I get it. Like I said, it's an open market. He needs to make money. His players need to make money. But I wish there would be some a fan graph study of how many of these guys he actually screws and he waits this long and holds them hostage. And, again, maybe it's up to the players to take a stand on him. But, I mean, he's bad for the game that these guys are not in. Spring training starts on Wednesday, and these guys are still sitting out there. And they're all not going to get the money that he's waiting for them to get. So, like I said, maybe it's the players' issue to wake up and stop trusting this guy so blindly. And I'd like to see the stats on how many of these guys he holds out till spring training actually take one- or two-year deals and get nowhere near the money he's holding out. He's pompous, and he's arrogant, and he's bad for the game. Thank you. Well, look, uh, you can say a lot of things about Boris. Uh, unsuccessful is not one of them. Now, does has he had clients quit him and not uh, feel like they were represented by him properly? Yes. Uh, they have, just like other agents. Uh, I'm not a proponent of Scott Boris. I'm an observer of Scott Boris and have been watching him for the last 35, 37 years do uh, a lot of things. And, you know, he's he runs a $100 million corporation. He's hugely successful. Do I, do I always like what he brings to the table? It, it doesn't matter for me. The reality is he has the best players and he, he normally helps set the market. Other players and other agents, you know, they, they scratch their head on him. They say, well, yeah, I don't necessarily like him, but he's also the guy that's helped raise the bar on money being made by players over the last 30 years. He has been an, a very influential force in raising the money and getting more money for players. And uh, other agents and other players have to realize that and tip their hat. Yeah, and, and I tend to agree with Paul about getting the guys in spring training, but we've talked about this all offseason that Boris is not afraid to go into spring training with his guys. We saw it uh, most famously, I think, with Bryce Harper, who didn't sign until I, I don't have the exact date, but it was well into spring training. It was uh, training after before. Valentine's Day. Yeah, before yeah. he signed with Philly, and and I think you you would be hard pressed to argue that that hasn't worked out uh, very well for both the Phillies and for Bryce Harper. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's definitely we've we've got some text here, Bruce. People are sick and tired of talking about Bellinger because this has dragged on for four months. I had a friend it's, tell me yesterday, voicing his concerns. He's like, "Please address that." I'm like, "We will address it, but I, I won't have any good he, answer for you." He's gonna go somewhere. He's not gonna sit out now. 
No. Will he wait? Will he wait until the end of March? I, I wouldn't put past Boris. You know, if he doesn't think he he'll he's getting what he wants, he'll wait. And what happens when spring training starts, uh, Mike? What happens to yep. players as spring training begins? By the, by the beginning of the regular season, there's going to be injuries and there's going to be some panicking going on, on on different teams as to how they're going to fill out their roster. It always happens. Yep. You're not going to do it necessarily with all minor league players. So, uh, look, this has been a weak free agent market after Otani, um, and it continues to be that way. That's how it's viewed by baseball general managers, baseball owners. Uh, they're, they're not just jumping at uh, just adding somebody because they happen to be on the free agent list. We have uh, Paul DeYoung, the White Sox new shortstop, joining us at the bottom of the hour. A few more calls before then, though, and we'll stay with the White Sox. Ron is on the south side, and Ron is on inside the clubhouse. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, guys. The sweetest words in all of sports, pitches and catches report. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a, couple, a couple of things regarding the White Sox. Uh, not anticipating them bringing in any uh, players. I would like to see... Uh, Andrew Benintendi, uh really kind of, you know, get going and have a, a, a better season, uh, some progress with Andrew Vaughn, but also looking forward to hopefully, hopefully having a decent uh, right fielder that can at least just play some defense. I'm really looking at the, uh, the guy they got from Arizona. Arizona has done pretty good in these last few years as far as developing players. So, I'm looking to that. But the main thing as far as looking with the White Sox uh, is seeing Colson Montgomery. Uh, and with, with uh, Robinson's uh, center and seeing Colson. I like to, I like watching the game up the, the middle, particularly defensively. So I know he'll be young. But those are the things, guys. Uh, it, it's it's, it's going to be tough because uh, I think they'll pick the ball up. They'll be a little cleaner. But – this might be one of the worst pitching staffs in baseball. So, but the good thing about it is uh, baseball will be coming soon. Thanks, guys. Well, Thank you, uh, Ron. Ron brings Ron brings up the point of uh, Fletcher, and uh, we talked to uh, Dominic Fletcher, who's a right fielder uh, candidate that was traded for with uh, Arizona, brought in by the White Sox yesterday. Let's listen to him talk a little bit about. Uh, the trade to the White Sox and his excitement about being able to prove himself. Super excited. Um, I'm lucky enough to know a, a good group of guys on the team, um, having played with them in, in a number of different, you know, teams growing up or, uh, you know, college, whatever. Um, so I, I know I'll be excited to see a lot of those old faces. Um, I think we have a really good group of players. Um, and then for me specifically, you know, just a better opportunity um, you know, kind of being stuck behind Corbin Carroll in Arizona um, and and having a shot to, you know, compete for a spot. Bruce, I thought the same thing. You know, Fletcher just mentioned it. But he's behind Corbin Carroll in Arizona. Now here he has a, a completely wide open. We've joked about it for years. Right field is, you know, the black hole for the White Sox. And he has a chance. He can He can grab that job and run with it. Uh, whereas with Arizona, you know, he's behind uh, an all-star, much like Michael Bush, right? I mean, the opportunity is here for him with the Cubs, uh, just like with Fletcher and the White Sox. He's a little guy, but he's a strong guy. He's five foot six, okay? 
But uh, reminds me a little bit of Adam Eaton, you know, a little bit. I don't know if he has the same speed that Eaton had when he first came up, but very good defender, good arm, uh, good left-handed bat. You know, they also brought, uh, traded for Zach uh, uh, Deloche uh, from Seattle as well, who's going to mm-hmm. be contending for it. So the White Sox uh, quietly are, are working hard. They're also bringing in Kevin Pillar, the veteran, to, from yep. the right side to uh, contend for a job. He'll likely make the team out of spring training. So, uh, you know, very uh, quietly the White Sox are moving toward trying to better right field. And then who knows what's Oscar Colas and if he continues at some point to mature and be ready the way they thought he was uh, last year in spring training. We've got time for one more call before Paul DeYoung joins us, and that is Steve in Delaware. Steve joins us in Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, men, and uh, really looking forward to baseball season. Um, Not uh, to shortchange the value of that left-handed bat and a great season Cody Bellinger had, but I really think the Cubs need to lean in uh, to pitching and defense. I think they have a far greater hole with another starter, And uh, I really think if we start the year with Wisdom and Madrigal as our answer at third base, uh, we're looking at another tough season. So uh, I think, you know, you still got a lot of value in Talkman to start the year in center field. Hopefully, uh, you know, the the young guy develops and, you know, he can take over there eventually. Uh, So I think defense and uh, that third base is a far greater need uh, than than Cody Bellinger, given the value, the, the cost, the cost factor as well. Yeah, thank you. Mike, uh, Christopher Morell is going to have to play somewhere, okay? Yep. I don't know, you know, talking to uh, Jed Hoyer over the winter, he's convinced he can play everywhere in DH as well, but I'm thinking that third base should be his, and and, uh, we'll see if that happens. We'll see if he's, you know, he took a first baseman's glove to him to the winter leagues and uh, didn't play in games there, but was – you know, Cub coaches were were helping him work out at that position uh, during batting practice every day. So we'll see how it shakes out. But, um, you know, third base, I, I just don't see why Christopher Morrell can't be your everyday third baseman. And just leave him there and let him hit the 25 to 35 home runs and drive in runs and being the exciting young player that he can be for the Chicago Cubs. And we will see if that's what Craig Council has in mind. Again, we have a great show for you today. Our guests, Cubs first baseman Michael Bush at the top of the hour, 10 o'clock. George Offman, our old friend from the score, with his book, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, at 1030. And coming up next, stick around for new White Stocks shortstop, Paul DeYoung. He'll join us in Inside the Clubhouse when we return. It's Bruce Levine and it's Mike Esposito. A quick reminder, though, for the Circa Big Game Party. Join 670 The Score and Circa Sports Illinois for the big game party on Sunday, February 11th at Benchmark in Old Town, Mully and Haw, Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi, and Parkins and Spiegel all broadcasting live from 12 to 3, getting you ready for the big game between Kansas City and San Francisco. You must have at least $100 in your Circus Sports Illinois app to attend. Doors open at noon, live entertainment, and complimentary game day bites. So go to circusports.com, sign up for the invite, and for more info. Paul DeYoung next on Inside the Clubhouse here on The Score. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. 
Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com and always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Alongside Bruce Levine, I'm Mike Esposito, and for David today, this is Inside the Clubhouse, your baseball headquarters every Saturday morning, 52 weeks out of the year, as we wait for Paul DeYoung to join us from the White Sox. Bruce, uh, I, I wanted to bring this text out to you from our text line at 312-644-6767, our listener line, the score listener line, presented by BetQL, Bet Smarter and Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. Some optimism here for the White Sox uh, from the 309. I think there's a good chance the White Sox will surprise a lot of people this year. Two years ago, we were really looking for Cease Kopech uh, and these young pitchers. Now we should have solid defense, which will be above average hitting uh, as well from hopefully Moncada, Vaughn, and the outfielders. That is certainly the, the sunny side or the sunny view that the the improved defense and some bounce back years from the offense uh, make the White Sox a uh, a chance to surprise. Yeah, uh, you know, look, uh, Mike, the White Sox will have to struggle mightily to have a worse year than they had last year. Right. And people will be saying, well, you know, Levine, you look at what they've done and all they've done is subtract and bring in some young guys and some veterans to, to fill in some roles, why would you think that they were going to be better? I, I think they're going to be better just because they're going to be a better defensive team. They're going to have a possibly, with, with the new guys they brought in, better makeup. They have better leadership at the top. Okay, So from all of that, I would say, look, 70 to 75 wins if they can get enough starting pitching innings out of them. I don't think it's it's out of the realm of possibility knowing how average Major League Baseball is these days, okay? Mm-hmm. How, you know, how in general you look at teams like uh, Arizona last year winning 84 games and then going to the World Series. The year before, Philadelphia winning 85 games. Both of them last seeds, uh, the worst records going to the World Series. So with, with that in mind, it's not pie in the sky for the White Sox. I'm not predicting they're going to win or have a winning record. I just think they can be a better 
version, a team better to watch out there that makes fundamental plays, that plays together, that runs the bases better, that blocks balls behind the plate. You know, a lot of the problem I feel with the pitching was the catching for the White Sox over the last few years. Mm -hmm. I think bringing in Maldonado and Stassi are going to be big elements of improvement as the White Sox continue to add arms to their uh, rotation and their bullpen. Again, am I predicting 85 wins and a a playoff team? No, I am not. But uh, I I think they will be a better team uh, to watch, a more productive team as far as defending. Uh, Offensively, I don't know. I can't predict what Mankata is going to do. Robert is a pretty predictable guy that he's going to be in the top five players. And if he's healthy and plays 150 games, he'll be an MVP candidate. Vaughn took a step up, not as far as people uh, necessarily like. But on the other hand, uh, 20 home runs, more RBIs than any time in his career. He can continue to be more productive. So, again, is it uh, am I predicting you know, great things for the White Sox? No, but I will be surprised if they're not a more watchable team in 2024. I'm with you, Bruce. I think the, there's still room for Vaughn to to improve, lots of room. Moncada depends on health. Uh, you mentioned the improved defense, and, and we heard it. We played a piece of sound from Andrew Benintendi la, uh, last weekend. Uh, in his first season as a, as a member of the White Sox, it was not the greatest season and uh, he certainly knew it, and he's working on it. There's lots of room for him to to improve as well. So we'll see how that all shakes out. 312-644-6767 as we get back out to the phones. And Paul is in Wrigleyville. He's up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Paul. Uh, it's crawly, but um, I was hoping everybody's having a good time. I was looking at those Pakoda projections that you guys were talking about earlier. And I feel like they got the Cubs and the White Sox pretty accurate. But I'm surprised Bruce, maybe, or Espo, whoever wants to kind of take it. But uh, they got the Cardinals really high up in the Central. And I don't see the moves that the Cardinals made that are going to make them that much better. Am I am I overlooking this? Or I, I think Cincinnati yeah. was underrated, and I think that St. Louis was overrated. Yeah, I look uh... – my, and, and Crowley, thanks for the call. Uh, I, I think you're right. You know, 85 wins for the Cardinals after uh, one of their worst records in the last uh, 30 years, uh, winning 69 last year. That, that's surprising to me. But uh, we're going to uh, we're going to segue, you know, over to uh, back to the White Sox here. I, yep. I, again, I, again, Mike. Uh, did the Cardinals do enough? I mean, certainly. Um, you know, Sonny Gray is going to be uh, uh, an influential pitcher there. Some of the other guys they brought in, I'm not so sure about that. They still have Thunder in the lineup uh, at first base, at third base. They're trying to figure it out. I'm, I don't think they're a slam dunk at 85 wins. I agree. And, uh, Bruce, it's now time for us to head on out to the score hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois, where the White Sox newest player, one of the newest players, joins us. Paul DeYoung, who's going to be the starting shortstop for the Chicago White Sox, nice enough to take some time out on a Saturday morning to join us. Paul, first of all, uh, welcome to the airwaves uh, of uh, basically uh, hometown area for you. Uh, 
How has the first couple months gone as a Chicago White Sox for you? Oh, it's been great. Um, I've been welcomed by uh, a lot of people uh, going to the Fan Fest thing in Chicago. I really got to, to see how close I felt to, to being back home, you know, the Illinois State connection, the Antioch connection, and, uh, you know, going to games as a kid um, at uh, what was U.S. Cellular Field, now guaranteed rate. So just real special for me to be able to have this opportunity. Paul, you, you had the uh, privilege of spending a lot of time in one place. It's a, kind of a rarity in the modern game, but a lot of seasons in St. Louis before bouncing around. But I know the White Sox hope uh, you found a, uh, a new home, a new long-term home here on the south side. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know the White Sox have a, a great tradition, um, a long tradition of, of baseball and uh you know, a lot of great players, a lot of great pieces to work with. So I'm ex- excited just to be a, kind of a somewhat of a leader on this team, a lot of young players, and uh, get to share my experiences playing for the Cardinals for so long and uh, just bring uh, bring my knowledge and, uh, you know, learn from others and try to, you know, impart what I, whatever I've experienced to this team and to, to help really to have a synergistic relationship between the staff and the players and, uh, you know, just try to, to break everything down game by game, you know, inning by inning, pitch by pitch. I think uh, as much as we can break that down and uh, focus in on the moment, uh, it'll help us in the long term. Paul, you and I uh, had a chance to chat a couple of weeks ago when you said when the White Sox were uh, uh, had some players out at a uh, boys and girls club and also uh, – you know, checking in with some of their season ticket holders. And uh, we talked a little bit about um, how slug and your your approach might need to change a little bit and tweak a little bit. Can you tell me how that 30 home run season, again, uh, might have impacted you and uh, your philosophy going forward? Yeah, just, um, you know, having that 30 home run season, it, it was like, okay, now do it again. Whereas, when I went into that season, it wasn't about trying to hit 30 home runs. That was a byproduct of, you know, a good approach, um, good timing, uh, kind of, I was healthy. I played 159 games that year. So that always helps to be able to stay on the field and, uh, you know, get those opportunities. But, um, you know, pull side home runs are something that have increased for me over the years, whereas early on in my career kind of, dead center, uh, opposite field home runs, those are really telling for, for where I'm at with my timing and my swing and my approach. So I want to uh, focus on, like I was saying, um, you know, taking my base hit uh, to the other side and then, you know, hitting a hanging breaking ball to left center. I think if I can hit the fastball to right center and a uh, hanging breaking ball to left center, that means I'm in a pretty good position to, to cover a lot of speeds and a lot of locations. And so, as much uh, as I enjoy hitting a pull side home run, I think that can honestly get you into a little bit of a funk because then you go up there trying to uh, subconsciously really try to do it again when that was really just uh, a result of, um, you know, things lining up. So what I need to go back to is that consistent approach of, um, you know, hard line drives um, up the middle, the other way, um, hitting it where it's pitched and, Obviously, easier said than done, but being aware of that and being aware of my tendencies should help me um, to navigate uh, through a season. White Sox shortstop Paul DeYoung, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. And 
Paul, Chris Gatz, the uh, the White Sox GM, has made lots of uh, reference to being stronger defensively, being stronger up the middle. We've seen it in the moves, not just your acquisition, but also behind the plate and uh, with Nicky Lopez at second. Now, you've seen that. You've seen good defense throughout the course of your career. What do you think that could bring to this White Sox team in terms of uh, where they struggled last year versus going forward to 2024? I think uh, playing good defense for your pitcher is so important. Um, you know, turning double plays, uh, having a strong up the middle, you know, with um, Maldonado behind the plate. And I've always loved watching Nicky Lopez play. He's super athletic, um, you know, plays the game the right way. And, uh, you know, we can't give away outs. And, and Major League Baseball, um, you know, those those things I can remember so many times where an error turns into a, a monster inning and you lose that game. And, you start adding those things up over the course of the season and you're down 10 games when you could have been up 10 games. So a lot of things can happen with just such small uh, attention to detail. So for me, it's uh, it's going to be kind of a, a synergistic relationship between, you know, our infield guys, our pitchers, knowing our pitchers, um, doing our analytics and studying about positioning on hitters and, you know, certain pitchers pitch certain ways. And so, I think uh, a lot of it comes down to communication. And uh, one thing that we did with the Cardinals a lot was um, discuss things. You know, we talk about defense. Yeah, we have hitters meetings all the time, but we need to have defense meetings. We need to break things down. Um, you know, after a game sometimes in St. Louis, if a play came up, we'd be in the video room with the uh, relevant parties involved and talking about, you know, what went wrong what we need to do and then uh, a lot of times we'd work on those things in early work or something uh, the next day so I think just having that presence of mind to slow things down and, and discuss plays as opposed to just oh the game's over we're going to go home and, and not talk about it so I think communication is really big when it comes to defense and uh, so that we're all on the same page and uh, working towards the same goals. You you do come from the Cardinal system, the George Kissel you know system of St. Louis Cardinals baseball that's been played for so many decades, going back to the Branch Rickey era back in the uh, the 40s and uh, 30s. But um, can you talk a little bit about leadership? Uh, you you had the uh, great good fortune to play with Yadier Molina, who. Uh, as far as most people understand the game is one of the great leaders and great players uh, over the last uh, couple of, of uh, decades, if, if not longer than that. Talk to us about what a great leader is and what a guy like Molina brought to a team every day that we might not be quite aware of. Yeah, um, you know, playing with Yachty for, um, what was it, six years, I think, um, his uh, – his ability to play every day mentally tough, even though physically he wasn't in his prime, he wasn't in his best shape, uh, just to, to be able to see that mental toughness, to be able to go out there and compete and give everything he's got um, was something that was really special to witness. Um, you know, I had a great view of watching Yachty, watching the way he moves, uh, just how calculated his, um, his motion was. He was real graceful um, for a big guy and, uh, you know, he taught me a lot about um, keeping my head up. You know how many times he's back-picked guys that, you know, he's, he's you know, even a guy, he swings and he loses his bat and the bat goes over the, the dugout. Yachty's not watching the bat. He's looking at the base runner who's also watching the bat trying to back-pick him, you know. So just so many little things. Um, he'd even 
position me sometimes from behind the plate. He, I'd be on him. Um, you know, and he would tell me to do one thing and move over a little bit. He would see the field in such a great way. Um, I think, uh, you know, also his experience in calm under pressure. And then obviously the fundamentals. He, he was working. I mean, remember in spring training, he was working with all the, all the catchers in camp, you know, some minor league guys, some major league guys, that he was the one running the show. He was um, demonstrating the fundamentals, but also working on them at the same time. So, you know, just the attention to detail and the work ethic was, was so important, and that's how he played so many games, caught so many innings. And, you know, even his clutch hitting, like uh, we knew we knew he, he, his legs were, were sore from catching all those years and all those games, especially late in the season. But he has this way to be able to turn on that switch and get a big hit when we needed it. And it was sometimes just a sack fly or a base hit. You know, he wasn't hitting home runs at a ridiculous pace, but he was going to give you a good at bat. And, uh, you know, that's that's just something that inspires the rest of the team to uh, continue on. I wish I had a nickel for every time I saw him take a pitch to right field and, and drive in a big run and from the seventh inning on. That that was mm-hmm. the beauty of uh, Molina. He was, he was a winner. You know, how many guys can you say that about? Uh, Paul? We're hoping you're a winner for the Chicago White Sox. Look forward to seeing you in Glendale within the next week or 10 days. Thanks for taking some time out with me and Mike today on Inside the Clubhouse. All the best to you and enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow. Great. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, seeing you soon. Take care. Thank that's, you, Paul. That's Paul DeYoung, the White Sox new shortstop on Inside the Clubhouse here on The Score. Coming up at the top of the hour, Michael Bush, the new Cubs first baseman. And coming up next, Ozzie Guillen having success again. We'll talk about that next on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. 
Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. He's two for three in the game, trying to keep it alive. Ground ball to second base. Escobar to first. That's it. In the return of the historic tournament to Miami in the United States, Venezuela wins the 2024 Caribbean Series. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And there it is, the final out of the Caribbean World Series. And if you're wondering why we are playing that for you, Bruce, uh, a very familiar face to score fans and Chicago baseball fans was heavily involved in that. Ozzie Guillen was the manager of this team from Venezuela that won the Caribbean Series. It's a big deal. Uh, winter baseball and the Caribbean teams that play there are a huge factor. They play a high brand of baseball with a lot of major league players involved. And Ozzie took over this team uh, that wasn't really expected to do a, a heck of a lot this year and drove them all the way through a uh, championship in Venezuela to being the best team to be, be playing the Dominican Republic yesterday in the Caribbean Series and winning the Caribbean Series. Ozzy and Tommy Lasorda now the only managers in history to win a Caribbean Series and a World Series as a manager. And I guess it always leads us back to the question, Mike, is Ozzy ever going to get a chance to manage again? And why not? I mean, again... Yeah. Has he been blackballed that badly that since 2012 and 13, the last time that he managed, uh, why can't Ozzy find a job again? He was interviewed for the job with the White Sox before Grafal was hired. They picked Grafal. I don't know. I mean, look, uh, the transgressions that Ozzy had, you know, 10, 12 years ago were uh, certainly not great for him and his family that he had to deal with, but... Uh, Again, you know, nobody nobody died there. You know, this is uh, this is a great baseball man who has uh, contributed uh, mightily to uh, the Chicago baseball scene and baseball in particular. And I just don't understand why he's not managing. Yeah, Bruce, I, th- I think certainly that uh, we have seen far worse forgiven and guys welcomed back with uh, other opportunities than uh, from what happened to, to Ozzy and We've heard him. I mean, he's talked about it uh, on the score. He's talked about wanting to manage again. The fire is still there. You hear it on the uh, postgame show there on NBC Sports Chicago. I, for one, would welcome Ozzy back. I think he's great for the game. There was nothing better than, uh, you know, an Ozzy Guillen pregame, you know, reporters meeting in the dugout where we would sit there and talk baseball with him for 20 or 30 minutes, uh, you know, on a daily basis almost. And, you know, that kind of knowledge and that kind of uh, charisma for the game, I, I guess, uh, you know, I think that would be welcome in Major League Baseball right now. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. You know, and, and again, we're talking about a, a great person, a great Chicago person, and also um, a terrific baseball guy. You know, you hear him on the, the pre and post game for White Sox baseball on television. You hear him on the score all the time. You know, he's been a, a, a member of the score family for years. It's just, it's mind-boggling to think that people are afraid, and that's the only term I can use, 
afraid of Ozzy Guillen and the uh, powerful baseball guy he is. I just do not understand. I've never heard anybody say, yeah, Ozzy's, uh, they're not hiring, hiring him because he, he doesn't know what he's doing, okay, or he's not a good manager. I've only heard, gee, uh, people are afraid to hire Ozzy because they never know what he's going to say next. I don't know. I mean, he's on, uh, he's on the air every night, you know, White yep. Sox season. And uh, all he is is a, an attraction and a guy that people love to listen to because he's, he's honest all day long and, and gives you his opinion. He's not afraid politically about what it does to him. And maybe that's the thing that ownership and general managers are afraid of. Ozzy and Tommy Lasorda, the only managers to win the World Series and the Caribbean Series. So congrats to Ozzy, and we'll see, hopefully, if he gets another chance. When we return on Inside the Clubhouse, we will welcome new Cubs first baseman Michael Bush. That's Bruce Levine. I'm Mike Esposito in for David Haw. You've got Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.